Hey there, audio listener. You are a unicorn to be doing the audio-only version. Most people watch this at Mug Club or YouTube, especially with Cultural Appropriation Month. This week is Honduras, so you miss all the video elements, the costumes, the commercials. But uh, I did want to let you know that next Monday, July 2nd, we have a special 4th of July-themed Change My Mind. America is superior to all other countries, and we did it at a Democratic State Convention. And of course, this is only funded through Mug Club, ladoscutter.com slash Mug Club, uh, to keep this going because we're getting squeezed by YouTube. Get a seven-day free trial that is coming out July 2nd, youtube.com slash Stephen Crowder, or just, just Mug Club. Join the club, which is Mug. Enjoy the show. Louder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther. It's June, which marks Louder with Crowder's third annual Cultural Appropriation Month, where we take you across the globe to appreciate and appropriate all the great cultures it has to offer. This week, the final week of this June, we take you to the mm, culture of Honduras. Uh, welcome to, to the to Cultural Appropriation Month. It's week number four. Uh, to appropriate is to appreciate. We have some Honduras facts here. Um, I don't know if you guys can, can you hear me there? Can you hear me, uh, Gerald? I, I think I can hear you, Stephen. Okay. Yes. Is, is Fen and uh, Gerald, uh, hey, why don't you, before we start, why don't you do the, it's kind of hard for me to do the question of the day. Give them the, give them the question of the Qu- day. Question of the day. Is violence ever the answer? Yes, I do believe it. What do you, what do you think there, Sven? Um, It's June, which marks Louder with Crowder's third annual Cultural Appropriation Month, where we take you across the globe to appreciate and appropriate all the great cultures it has to offer. This week, the final week of this June, we take you to the mm, culture of Honduras. All right, glad to be with you. I'm seeing double. Uh, let's see, we have great guests today. We have uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson on the show. Oh! And he's going to be on uh, in the com- coming weeks for a long-form interview for a oh. new segment we're going to be doing, something a little bit unique. And then we have Nick DiPaolo on the yes, show. Yeah. Got punched in the face Ow. by a lady with Birkenstocks. That hurts. And uh, question of the day before we move on is, you know, the discrepancy between Donald Trump, President Trump, the coverage in the polls, it's so wide. We'll talk about that in a little bit. How do you think history will remember him? As the man the media painted him to be or as an effective president? Of course, uh, hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube or join Mug Club or bookmark the page because notifications might not work. Producing with me in video studio as always is Jared who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at not gay Jared. Meet as crowded with your comments, your thoughts, your photoshops, your costumes. Uh, what? Well, I don't know. What, so Honduras today. Uh, fun fact, highest murder rate in the world. I was going to say industrialized. No. What are you? What are you? I don't understand. Oh, check on your seat. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'll be signing, right. I'll I'll be be signing those later. You'll be yeah. signing these? Yeah. I'm be fine. Meeting greet. Okay. I'm fine, by the way. No. Right. Parents yeah. are fine, too. Still laughing. That's demonetized. And uh, at G. Morgan Jr., what's the one of the day? One of the day is Sparkman Wilderness. Converse is a wilderness. I liked you better in an urn. And uh, Sun Computer, ready with the overlays? Ready with the overlays. I don't even stop at computers in Honduras. But computers never matter 
Computer Lives Matter on Twitter. You can find me there. It's Computer. Ah, yeah. It was that stutter star. It was a stop. What it is is that he mumbles. He does. He tries. In German form, too. 500 other German interns who want his job trying to get away from Merkel. Uh, That's all I have for fun facts for Honduras. Fun facts. There are no fun facts. There are no fun facts. It's not fun at all. Like oh, fun size like candy. candy. It's just play nice, fun computer. Nice. I love how his bullet is dead center. Yeah, that good was, aim. It was an execution. It was. It was an execution. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a German style. Yeah, yes, he, he, he had to dig his own grave first. So uh, we do have a lot of news to get to, mm. and this has been a very, very busy week. Yeah. Uh, but first, a pornography website has now added closed captioning for viewers with hearing loss. This comes huh. from Engadget. The feature will help viewers distinguish which person is speaking at any one time because that's important and identify <laughs> changes in emotion. In addition, non-dialogue sounds that are relevant to the storyline or scene will be highlighted. So they cracked the code for the deaf. Um, still no luck with one-handed Braille. That's still a struggle that they're <laughs> not going to beautiful how mind you, that How one. do you spell? Yeah. It's, just, it's just lots of vowels. That's, that's the point. How do you spell All the, captions. the thought I didn't go to college? Yeah. Look, this mm. is a terrible summer reading program, okay? Yes, it's a terrible <laughs> It's a bad way to get people to read. It's, it's a, it's also, but it is actually a huge part of the new uh, Big Brother program. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. There we go. Wow. Yeah. It's all just a van that's carpeted. Uh, a San Francisco man, uh, by the way, this is another who was scared, scared for his life when he reported that unprompted, and this is the kind of thing that gives me shivers. Mm-hmm. True, story, true story, right, Sven? It's true story. True, true story. Unprompted, my... his Alexa spoke out, quote, every time I close my eyes, all I see is people dying. And this comes as no surprise to us here at Ladder with Crowder with our experience uh, with Alexa. We didn't mm. think it'd come this soon. And so it begins. Steven Crowder. Yes? Come with me if you want to live. But it, w- Steven, is Wolfie there? Wolfie? Uh, who's, who's Wolfie? I- Get down. Oh, oh my gosh! Close one. Fear yeah. rationing <laughs> is uh, actually starting. It's unrolling in yep. Europe. Oh. Due to a carbon dioxide crisis, this comes from CNBC, (laughs) at least five gas producers in northern Europe began a planned shutdown during the early summer months to resolve maintenance issues. It deals with CO2. What is is northern Europe exactly, Sven? That would be, I guess, every country that's north north of Italy. Would it? (laughs) There will be there will be Germany, there will be Ireland. So not Italy, and, so the non-greasy ones. Yeah. No, all the countries that are, basically the countries that are stum- somewhat financially stable. Yeah. Okay. So they're going <laughs> for oh, CO2. This is what they're doing now. The government rationing of beer. Come and take it. But really, come and take it. That they, they can't do anything. We have no Second Amendment. <laughs> no guns. <laughs> I, I'll give it back to you. I, you, would, you would, I, 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 I want that one. I want that. You know what? Can you? <laughs> you take it. You take it. I'd be honored. Prepper. You take yeah. It. A prepper in Europe? It's oh, yeah. Not, yeah, it's not a thing. Yeah, it's nothing. just a homeless person. Not it's only could you not purchase a gun to protect it, if you did, you couldn't talk about it. <laughs> Can't distinguish them from the hobos of grocery carts. <laughs> They're getting upset about it in Europe. The yeah. Scots. They Scots like would be in I can't shoot myself. I can't stab myself. I can't drink myself to death now. <laughs> These low emission cars, I can't even suck on the exhaust. It just gets me. I can't, I can't rightly kill myself on the Tesla. <laughs> I can't even afford it. <laughs> Bus driver's not gonna be nine getting letting me suck on his exhaust. He's got a schedule to keep. <laughs> I can't throw myself in front of the train. It that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. I, want to, <laughs> I want to. I want to kill myself. I don't want to hurt myself. I want to kill myself without pain. <laughs> like dead. Maybe a little pain. Like ah, dead. But that's it. If I throw myself, they're always running late. It's socialism. That's awkward. <laughs> Write a letter to my wife. She shows up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mr. Dream, <laughs> being carried out by a truancy officer with a f***ing stick. <laughs> it's got to be miserable there. I'm so glad that it you is. got out of there. Um, Hundreds of years ago, we, we paid the way. We left. We, yeah. we saw this coming, in fact. <laughs> it wasn't about tea. It was about beer. But from the same article, actually to say that uh, with newfound sobriety, Europeans woke up across the entire continent saying, wow, soccer does suck. So... <laughs> Come on! Except for the one Scott who shows up with a flask. He shows, hey, we're gonna rant! Huh? No. Come on, ole, 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 ole! Where's your spirit? I'll have a Coke Zero. Um, here's one thing we noticed when we went to Austin. We went to Austin and we saw these po these billboards. And it's yeah, a big everywhere. rollout. Have you seen these, Jerry? No. You did, that's Thank right, God you didn't go there, Austin, Sun Computer. It's, it's, it's a billboard for, for HIV pills. They've been popping up across the country. Uh, there's one. F without fear. That's a, Where is that billboard there, Naki, Jared? I think it's in uh, L.A., that particular In Los Angeles. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, do you, do you, they're not even hiding it. Do you realize that if we were to do a joke, a sketch, F without fear for HIV, we got more flack for a much more tame wishbone parody history of the AIDS HIV yeah, hoax. That's a true story. Yeah, exactly. These are their own. They're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> So and we, we looked it up after we saw the billboards. Uh, a big part of it is in Washington, D.C. It's their plan to get the HIV rate down. They want to get more uninfected people on PrEP, P-R-E-P. It's a two-medicine combination pill uh, that apparently that prevents HIV. I think it's just a pill that you put in your, your pee hole and you just smash it with a hammer. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that one might work. Are you serious, Clark? It, don't, it doesn't let the HIV in. I can't do it. It can't get in. <laughs> it's really more of a making it. I don't know why they call it a pill. <laughs> why are we spending money on that? I don't know. That's the worst With, idea How ever. many years later are we snow better? We're still funding this damn stuff. <laughs> it is, it is, <laughs> it is, it, I, here's the thing. It's real estate. I understand drugs after you have it. Yes. Sure. I right. don't think it should get as much funding as cancer. Or diabetes. Or diabetes or all kinds. Or, or hangovers. Or even rickets for all I care. But That's we're spending virus. money on awareness billboards to prevent H. Just don't have unprotected anal sex with random dudes at a truck stop. Oh, that's it? It's no, an that's entirely wait, preventable wait. argument. That's, that's really simple. Do you realize that I always, what bothers me most about this, people get so mad because it's politically incorrect. How often do you hear when people talk about sharks? Like, well, you know, you're yeah. more likely to be struck by lightning than suffer a ship. The spider's more afraid of you than, well, why don't we use that argument here? You're more likely to be struck by lightning, attacked by a shark on land, then get HIV AIDS if you're not having unprotected sodomy in truck stops with strangers or using intravenous drugs without cleaning needles. Your chance like it's simple. <laughs> what else are you gonna do at a truck stop though? <laughs> like, that's what they're saying. Wait, hold on a second. You you go to the truck stop and you just get gas? <laughs> Beef jerky? Gas and no. fl flapjacks? But okay, but where do you? But where do you get your heroin? <laughs> I don't. Uh, so you what? bring your heroin with you to the truck stop <laughs> and your pool boy and have sex with him afterward? No. <laughs> what are you, a monk? <laughs> they assume the rest of the world is just like them. It's just, I mean, it's just, it, it just, just, that's, that's, not need prevent problem. HIV. We don't need a billboard. We don't need a pill. Sorry. Okay. We're, get and we're the stuff. jerks for bringing it up, by the way. It says F without fear. <laughs> I don't like. I, they can say that, but we can't say it's preventable. Yesterday's medical terminology <laughs> is today's hate speech, and today's hate speech is tomorrow's colloquialism when they admit it. It's as dull as a British knife. <laughs> I can't look. It only hurts. It doesn't wound. It's a problem. You ever tried to Who bludgeon thinks? yourself? 
Speaking of places that are silly, one of Canada's biggest music festivals now is on pause because of a, a protected bird. Oh. It's known as the killdeer. Lovely name. <laughs> and uh, a bird with a nest of four eggs that cannot be removed without federal permission. Oh, Canada. It's come from CNN. It says, I have to say this is one of the most challenging problems we've ever been presented with recently. The executive director of Blues Fest told reporters. Um, <laughs> but the festival organizers, here's the, it's, it's, it seems silly, but they're actually really hopeful of their chances because when you can fix a situation, everyone is, everyone is happy. That's, that's ideal. Yeah. And uh, to help them with that, they enlisted the help of, I think we have him here, have him here. to talk about oh, the nice. Canadian fiasco, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, thank you for being there, sir. I'm just so happy. I can't tell you how happy I am. Okay, uh, that's great, but how are you solving the, the problem? In, in I, got, I got so many death threats. I can't, I can't even help. I got so many death threats. I, I love this bird. I believe in this bird right here. I believe it has been loyal. It took everything. I took everybody's thing they could throw at me, and I'm still standing right here with this bird. Yeah, not, I'm not sure how that's this, relevant. This bird is home. This bird can't even go home like me. He didn't need to go home. He already home. Already, I, this isn't going to go well. Dennis, I Dennis Rodman, so everybody. No, so we got back. You know what's hey. funny is uh, in Britain, in Canada, you know, a fetus, clump of cells. Yeah. Bird eggs. Stop! Stop the festival. Yeah, bird. <laughs> yeah. Did you say bird oh, eggs? Yeah. Bird eggs. Oh, bird eggs. Oh, yeah. you said bird eggs. By the way, when bird these guys egg. say that's oh. the biggest problem they've ever been faced with, they have pretty sheltered lives. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's, true. that's uh, the definition of privilege. What's the realm of yeah. Canadian history? Well, let me think. Uh, uh we didn't fight off the royalty. <laughs> we no we just we we did had our potatoes. We we had our potato. We <laughs> said okay to the royalty. We kissed the ring. We still have them on. We still have the queen and her money. Uh, <laughs> one time we weren't really a country yet. Burned down the White House. <laughs> you guys that were pretty bad. pretty mad about that. <laughs> and uh, then we had a real problem with some bird eggs. Yeah, yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> By the way, thanks for providing all our national defense, America. <laughs> um, hey, one thing, actually, before I move on, I, I was talking about this. No, Maybe someone out there can help me. No doctors have been able to describe this to me. I have one extra muscle on my left side here. Yeah. I don't have on my right side. You're Look, a bit of a freak. That's a hole. No one likes to brag. It's, an extra th I, it, it's totally non-functional. <laughs> and I went into specialists. <laughs> Or the they were like, I don't know. Have you done anything useful with do, it? Do you have an idea how disconcerting that is when you go to a doctor? You're like, is there something wrong here? Is this a growth? I'm, like, I'm, I'm not sure. Did they do a screening? Beep, beep. A actual no. actual racist story. I was told till I was age 12 by old white people at church that black people were faster because they had extra muscle in their legs. Oh, yeah. I heard that one. Yeah. I had a teacher tell me you that. Mean that's not true? I had a teacher in high school tell me that. Until 12. It was at least 21 before I stopped believing it. Do you, do you realize that a teacher, my father's teacher in Detroit, taught him, and this was taught in schools, huh? that black people had larger posteriors to retain water in arid regions? <laughs> this was, no, this was, this was Darwinism. Yeah. What are we gonna they, say? they have those more muscles in the legs so they can walk easier to Europe, beep, beep. That's really <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what oh that means. Gosh. All right, so uh, listen, we, we'll be talking more about uh, polarization. Kind of who bears the, the brunt for most of it with, with Dr. Peterson uh, next. I think, I think a big part of this we've talked about, I do think it's exclusive to the left. I, 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 I just say this, I'm not going to do the, the cop out. No, I don't think everyone is copping out when they do it. I think some people are. But I know it would be disingenuous of me to say, uh, it's balanced. There's not a give and take. I think it exists exclusively on the left, and we deal with it all the time. I think a big part of this, though, before we get to that, the polarization that people complain about, which in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing, is how out of touch the left is. And we've seen it this week more than ever, I think. More than ever in my lifetime, I would say. 
Would you say that probably? Absolutely. In your, would you say in your lifetime? Absolutely. Pretty insane right now. Jared, would yep. you say that? So? 100%. Yeah. I would worse say kind of like we talked with uh, under Obama, race relations yep. were the worst they'd ever yep. been in our lifetime with Black Lives now Matter. It's, now it's all the relations. Well, I think <laughs> there's an out of touchness from the left and the rest of America that has never occurred. I want to hear from you. If you, if you. if you actually understand what I'm talking about, if you sense it out there, it's palpable. What am I talking about? How out of touch are they with the rest of America? Uh, this is the world they live in, a sampling. I even thought, hey, maybe we won't talk about Donald Trump much tonight. And then he opened his mouth and all manner of stupid came out. <laughs> and I'm not joking when I say just, I would feel more assume. comfortable if Cersei Lannister was running this country at this point. What would you say to him? No, I, I, I would say to him, I'd say you, you're probably the worst president <laughs> that any country's ever had. I know this news is very painful for a lot of people. No Feels why. like for the next 30 years, America is gonna change in a horrible direction. In some ways, it feels like all hope is dead and nothing can bring it back. <laughs> Where were you in 2017 when we had the worst president in the history of the United States? Trump administration officials have been sending babies and other young children <laughs> three tender age shelters in South Texas. Lawyers and medical providers just... <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to hand this off. Yeah. Oh, don't cry. This is, this is Nazism. <laughs> okay, they just assume people are on board. I remember Oprah Good was boy. talking to, we couldn't find the video clip, but Oprah was talking about, I know things are bad out there right now. Here's how things really are. Unemployment, the lowest in almost 20 years. Job participation rate is extraordinarily high. People have more money in their paychecks than our lifetime. That's bad, actually. That's as well. <laughs> yes. This is, this, in their this, world. This, is the, this creates polarization. When you have people going, right, he's the worst president ever. Right? Yeah. And even when they're not being aggressive, you have a lot of Americans, they're, they're coming home from payday, and they're watching, like, opening their check with their letter opener, watching yeah. Jimmy Kimmel going. <laughs> uh-uh. No, I got. This is let up. I got more money. That's what hopelessness feels like, Stephen. That's what, see more money. Yes, exactly. And they, what's, what's crazy to me is they claim we're living under fascism. Like the Supreme Court was a big thing. Yeah. When, here's here's what's so we talked about this yesterday, but I didn't think I put fine enough a point on it. Quite literally, all of the major decisions that people are pissed about ruled in favor of freedom and choice, freedom to choose to join a union. Freedom to choose to not be mandated to promote abortion. By the way, this doesn't destroy unions and it doesn't destroy pro-abortion clinics. It's like, hey, I don't want to have to pay a union. Yeah, that's fine. I do want to join a union. That's cool too. I mean, they're <laughs> mad at the yes parent. I don't want to exactly, have to promote yeah. abortion services. Yeah, you can do that. I want to create an abortion clinic. Yeah, that's cool too. <laughs> How this is fascism? There's no yeah. hope left? I don't understand this. You, you know what? I you know what I hope dies in this country? What he's talking about is dead. And pardon my language, your shitty ideology. That's what's dead Whoa. in this country. All right. Whoa. Gerald Morgan, sorry, not sorry. Dropping the S-bomb. What were you saying there, Sven? Well, the thing is that, that, that the rulings were in favor of straying true through the Constitution, beep, beep. And yeah. so they, they just want activists yeah. on those courts. And actually, there's a slate piece that just came out today because I joked about it yesterday. And sure enough, they had a piece we, about we, it. I mean, where, yes. where, where now they're proposing, you know, next time the Democrat is in power, beep, beep, we could just uh, expand the Supreme Court, you know, just yes. put a few new, yeah, exactly. few new exactly. judges in there to just... Think about this. This is crazy. Like that is a would be a crazy abuse of the legislative process. Yeah. Right? It would be a crazy abuse of. I mean, I, most insane. I don't thing. know how many. Of course, you're changing the judicial branch of government, but 
I would imagine you'd have to use all three branches and one big giant cluster screw to make it happen. <laughs> I don't even know if there's a schoolhouse rock for this. There is not. There's no file for but that. But we were joking about that yesterday, and yeah. they're saying, let's fundamentally, let's create, remember when gridlock was a bad thing, by the yeah. way? If only we could get a gridlock in Washington. No, nope. Barack Obama had the house, had the set. He had that when he started. He had everything he wanted. He couldn't get it done. Why? Because of his crazy policies. Yeah. Also, gridlock is beautiful. Yes. That's, well, that's, but now they want to create gridlock in the court. Yeah. Let's have another judge. Why? We need the grid. Gridlock was terrible, but now the ends justify the means. Well, hold on. What, what's the ends? To make sure that you have to join a union and promote abortion. This can't be Nazi Germany. They're coming for the gays. <laughs> what's next? Non-taxpayer subsidized HIV prevention pills? What do I have to have? Stop having anal sex and truck steps with strangers? I'm not an animal. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. Not on yeah. my watch. Not on my watch, Pol Pot. <laughs> and what happens? Trump's approval ratings are at... 47% on par with Barack Obama's at this point in his Actually presidency. pretty good. Despite, unlike Obama, no support for the media at all. No. In case you were wondering. He's carrying his own water on this one. Which I think that's, to me, that's one great, wonderful, wonderful thing about the Trump oh, presidency yeah. is that it has just diminished the power of the media. They realize they just can't, they don't have the influence. Remember remember that one clip we played a long time ago? Larry King talked about the media's role. I think it was Larry King. I don't to, think they can influence elections. Yeah, like they don't elect do. presidents anymore. No, it's like, also I pooped. What? That's, that was never their job. Never their job. Well, maybe that's why they're getting so pissed off is because they're realizing it. They have less influence now than they have ever had. All hope is lost. I mean, in, in this new poll. I was about to try it, but I realized I can't do Trevor Noah's accent because it's not like a really South African accent. He's just a dick. Yeah, yeah. This in this new poll that we just had with approval rating of 57%, there's just an array of things that just pretty much affirms that the left wing part of the Democratic Party, which is which is the entire party, is so far away from the general population. Like yeah. they, they agree on so much with Trump. Okay, you. There you go. All right. No, I, I, no, I agree. If you look at it, actually, the source that you're talking about, it took a little while to get to your beep beep. Your processor yeah. was not working properly. <laughs> well, here's another good example. They scream about mass hysteria with the, with the immigration, right? Separation yeah. of families. And then what they, what they do is they cite polls where, yes, most Americans are against separating families. We are. Yeah. Everyone in this room is. But shockingly, a plurality of Americans believe in enforcing the borders, right? That's surprise, a little bit surprise. different. The, the media just spent an entire news cycle hysterically bashing President Trump on immigration. And what happened? This, is, this shocked me. This shocks you. His <laughs> approval among Hispanics is up 10 points in a month. They love it. They love him. I don't think that's ever happened, even with a Democrat. <laughs> Viva el presidente. Why? Because so many of them are going to, up to people going, how do I deport the Just exactly. like the change Just like Biden. How do I get rid of the illegal? I, I hate Trump, but how do I get rid of these people? <laughs> I hate Trump, but the illegals make me look bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is among Hispanic voters, so of course. Exactly. Yeah. You're polling actual voters, legal Hispanics. The highest Republican voting bloc in the country, Cuban Americans. Yeah. It's like 80s. It's not even close. Yeah, it's huge. It just took a while for uh, legal Mexican immigrants, I think, to, to come full circle. And Donald Trump helped them get there. And here's one thing. <laughs> I, I think that this is what's important. Expect the left to get very violent, to get disruptive. Yeah. Um, when they say that a vacant vacant Supreme Court seat now leaves us with the option of either joining the Nazis or selecting our death camp. Yeah, they're currently comparing what's going on with Nazi death camps. You can no longer be mandated to pay union dues without choice. It's like Auschwitz. Yeah, it's roughly equivalent. You have the right to work freely without the Teamsters shaking you down and giving you swirlies. Do you remember that yesterday? It's not my country anymore. I don't recognize the USA. <laughs> Do you remember that yesterday, Beep Beep, that was your joke in the segment that it's literally Auschwitz? And then the guy came out and said, It's literally, he did it. 
And you're just like, we're just going to try and start adding for people who yeah. aren't Mug Club members. Please join because YouTube's yeah. tracking down on us. Sven made the joke that they're going to add justices, and I made the joke it's literally Auschwitz, and the guy literally says it's Auschwitz. <laughs> we can't even joke around anymore. It comes true. We can't think of something crazy enough our to not be right. Our wishes. jokes don't age well. That's true. Is it, uh, how how touch do you think people are, though, with Trump? Do you think they're going to remember him as the, the monster they've painted him to be for all these years and probably years afterwards? Or do you think they'll, he'll be remembered as the approval ratings suggest yeah, today. That's a good, it's a good question. His legacy is up for debate because, I mean, there's plenty of time to screw up. Yes, there is. Plenty there's of so, time. There's so many good things and, like, verifiably good things happening. What would it take? Like, what would he have yeah. to do for people and to I, finally say, okay, maybe he's not the worst person on the planet? I agree. And I readily admit, I've said this, that I, that I, was, I was wrong. I, was, I really do think that oh, I was a I was Ted Cruz guy in the, in yeah. the, not whether he would win or not, but I actually think he's, it doesn't mean that I agree with him personally, doesn't mean I agree with the tariffs. I think he's the right guy for this job at this time. I yeah. don't think Ted Cruz or Rubio or even, you know, who I liked, Fiorina, I don't think they would have been as in their face. It would have been a lot more of the same for us. Yeah. Just I think a little seeing, bit more leaning to the right. I think what you're seeing with Trump is the evolution of people who are watching Trump. I think he's growing to disdain the left because of how horrible they are to him. I don't think he was yeah. that conservative before. But I think he's doubling down now, just like the left is doubling down. Probably made him yeah. more of a family man because they're coming after his family nonstop. Exactly. That probably makes yeah. it much easier he's to be like, yeah, screw those guys. He's exposing them for them for what they really are. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like coming out and they're kind of showing their real face, which yeah. probably would have concealed that. If they're else. not already exposing themselves, as yeah. many in the Democratic Party do. Uh, <laughs> I do think it's going to get more violent, and this is why we deal with, you know, we've been dealing with threats all the time. If you convince enough people that I'm a Nazi, for example, firebombing yeah. the car, slashing the tires is totally acceptable. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 when you look at the Crowder Confront segment, it's not something we wanted to do. We've been doing Change My Mind for a long time. We've been getting so, we've had to shut down tables because yeah. of violence. Yeah. We've had to shut down shows because of threats of violence. Yeah. And hire a lot of security. Hire too, a lot of security. <laughs> to, to put it simply, the left is losing because they can't help themselves from lying. Yeah. That's what it is. They cannot help themselves from lying. This is like Nazi Germany. Trump is Trump is separating families. The economy is worse than ever. We are least we're less respected than we've ever been as a nation. None of these things are true. And and that's the same reason they can't figure out why they're losing is because no one's that good a liar. You forget all your previous lies and you get lost and you wonder yeah. where you are. Well, here they are. Exactly. Here is where the left are. They're at a place where they believe that the economy is collapsing. <laughs> they believe that we're being marched into death camps. Thus they can justify violent actions against any political voice of opposition and they can't fathom why half the country who have things uh, better than possibly ever before certainly in our lifetime don't agree with them they can't help themselves from lying they can't remember their past lies and so here they are this is why we're divided we have to get going we're gonna have uh, jordan peterson and nick DePaulo talk more about this with them jordan peterson stop it Hello there. Say hello, Not Gay Jared. That a boy? It's no secret that Not Gay Jared starts every day with the finest products for grooming from Dollar Shave Club. But Not Gay Jared has a dirty little secret. Tired of the woes from the old-fashioned wipes? He knew there had to be a better way. That's precisely where One Wipe Charlie's come in from Dollar Shave Club. Flushable wipes and convenient packaging gives you just the edge you need to be on the potty. Plus, the soothing botanicals leave you feeling vibrant and refreshed. Perfect for those producers who haven't a colon. Try One Wipe Charlie's from Dollar Shave Club today. Because anything else is a pain in the ass. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash Crowder for your $5 starter kit. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Crowder for your $5 starter kit. Because they have the balls to sponsor this program.
breaking news on Laura with Crowder. I'm Perry Matheson. We now have breaking reports that President Donald Trump has been placed under emergency rehabilitation for winning exhaustion. We take you to our on-the-field reporter, Jimmy. Yes, Perry, I am here uh, with the president's bedside. Been, I've been given exclusive access. Mr. President, um, uh, how do you think that it, it, it's come this far, and, and were there any warning signs to this winning exhaustion? Well, you know, it's, it's very... Uh, it's hard to see the sides, frankly. The winning is... It's fourth and log. And truthfully, do you really want to stop winning... Can I build? Can I build a winning snowman? Is that it? Is that it? I'm gonna make the best snowman okay, at winning. Cl- clearly, Perry, Mr. Trump need, need, needs his rest. Back to you. Mm, that is a sad tale, flying too close to the sun, on wings of winning. For honor with Crowder, I'm Barry Mathison. The native Honduran dance. Really? Yeah. That's it's ca- it's called the ah. Ah, 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 ah. And now my head's on a turtle. Uh, That's the native Honduran dance. Uh, huge fan of our next guest. I'd like he's 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 selling stadium. Well, sta- sorry, uh, theaters out across the country. I shouldn't say stadiums. That's like Freddie Mercury. He's not quite there yet. Too. Not enough billboards uh, as Freddie Mercury. But uh, big fan of him. I'd like to think we've we've helped with some of his success. We covered it early on with with Canada and the, and the bill going on there. So you can follow him, of course. If you don't know who he is yet, at Jordan B. Peterson, 12 Rules for Life is his book, was number one. I think it's still up there. I don't even, it could be number one on any given day on Amazon, any place you can get books. Dr. Jordan Peterson, thank you for being here, sir. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, It's lovely to meet someone so sartorially splendid. Yes. Well, listen, to appropriate is to appreciate. And uh, the reason we did Honduras this week is because we've done it for three years now and we're running out of ideas. So, um... (laughs) This is as good as we could come up with uh, on, on short notice. Uh, Dr. Peterson, I know, I know you're touring right now across the country uh, to sold-out crowds. And, uh, of course, you've gotten some protesters, some mobs. And we released a video this week to, uh, you know, a lot, lot of views, a lot of interactions. Crowder confronts. And this has been confronting people who make online death threats or calls to action or plots of violence. Um, and what was remarkable to me, I wanted to get your take on this as a clinical psychologist. No one with the mob when they're chanting. No one condemned actions of violence. You see this with Maxine Waters now. Uh, It is coming almost entirely from the left today, but it seems as though it's accelerated so rapidly in the last month. Have you seen this? And explain to people who don't know the actual phenomena of, of, of the mob mentality that occurs. Well, in a mob, um, there's distribution of responsibility, right? Because everyone is faceless. And so, Well, a lot of what keeps people sane is being held immediately responsible for their actions. And so that's why one-on-one interactions tend to remain peaceful. But of course, you can be anonymous in a mob. And then because you can be anonymous, if you're resentful or angry or anything like that or vengeful, then you have the opportunity to let your um, worst, what would you say, your worst, the worst parts of you manifest themselves without fear of, of, of being called for your actions. Before I interrupt you, was that and, a you know, tugboat? What, what was that? I said, before I interrupt, I hate to interrupt, was that a tugboat? What was that sound that we just heard? Well, <laughs> <it's> a, 
No, it's probably a water pump. I okay, it comes through the speaker. Okay, all right. So I continue. You were talking about the accountability, but it, through my headphones, it sounded like a tugboat. Continue, uh, doctor. I apologize. Well, a mob allows people to hide fundamentally. Yeah. This is also why you can't really apologize to a mob. You know, if, if you're mobbed online, for example, and you apologize, there's not much point in it because you can apologize to a person and you can offer to do better and you can say your mea culpas and all that. But the mob shifts and changes on you and and you can't hold a mob responsible as well, which right. is another reason why they're so dangerous. That's a really uh, interesting point. You know, I. I've, I, I never made the connection with, you know, President Donald Trump or conservative. I said, listen, they're going to they're going to or like yourself, they're going to label you a Nazi anyway. So you don't need to appeasing crocodiles is, is futile is the old term. But um, sometimes you disconnect that really when you think of the media or you think of these people online, that it really is just a mob. It's, it's a more diffuse mob. It's a mob across the country, but it's still a mob mentality, no less. And that's why I've always said yeah. apologizing for the sake of appeasement is really stupid. If you think you've done something wrong, apologize. But these apology tours right now, they never work. Is Roseanne any no. any less fired today? I don't think so. Well, the other thing too is is that the, the, the part of the mob that you apologize to isn't necessarily the same mob that goes after you after you apologize. Right. You know, you have some sense on social media that, that when people come after you, it's a group and it's got defined borders. And so maybe you're interacting with that and trying to appease it or to apologize for it. But it isn't something with defined borders, and the apology will just inflame another mob. You can't distinguish it from the original mob. It's the same subjectively, but it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Let me ask you this then. Uh, separating from what we've been doing with the, the Crowder Confront series, let's say someone online finds themselves being mobbed because of a tweet or something that they posted at some point, and they think they're actually wrong, but they know that people are going after them because they, they want to see them destroyed regardless. Should they apologize because they feel they were wrong, or should they just move on down the trail? What's the best way for them to handle that? Well, I don't know if they should apologize on Twitter, that's for sure, because Twitter doesn't look like a good place for reasoned conversations. True. I mean, that might be something. One of the things I've started to do with Twitter, because it's, it's an impulsive medium, is that if I have something to say that needs to be said in detail, then maybe I'll write a blog about it. And then it can be reasoned and, and longer form. And I think that's really important. The short form of Twitter seems to make people stupid and impulsive. I mean, Twitter has its utility, but it's a dangerous medium. Yeah. And then, well, and if you're going to apologize, you need to do that very carefully. And I, I wouldn't do it, as you pointed out, I wouldn't do it for appeasement. The purpose of an apology is to set the situation right between, usually between two individuals. And to apologize properly, you have to figure out what you did wrong. You have to figure out why you did it. Then you have to set those things right so that you won't repeat the error in the future. I mean, if you want an apology from someone, say, if you've had an argument with them or if they've slighted you, if you want to maintain the relationship, you want to find out that they figured out why they did what they did. Right. They're doing what they can to set it right, but that they also won't repeat it in the future. And that constitutes an apology. But, you know, people get afraid when they get mobbed and then they backpedal because, well, sometimes they also think if all those people objected, maybe they were wrong. You know, but it doesn't seem to be a very effective strategy. In fact, it looks counterproductive most of the time to me. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that ties right back to when you were saying what's required for an apology. That's why you can't ask a mob to apologize because they're not capable. Of well, that's also why groups. It's also why groups don't have rights. Right. You know, you can hold an individual responsible. Nothing that can't be held responsible has rights. 
This is why animals don't have rights. Even though you should treat them properly, that's not the same thing. You have a responsibility to care for animals properly as much as you can and not to produce undue suffering. But that doesn't mean that animals have rights. Right. And animals don't have rights and groups don't have rights because you can't hold them responsible. Jesus, it's such an elementary truth. You'd think that we would have figured that out after a couple of hundred years of discussions about rights. But it's a crucial issue because responsibility is... Well, and it's also the case that resp it's responsibility, not rights, that are the bedrock of our society, right. which is something I've been talking to these crowds about constantly, and everybody's very, well, I don't know if they're crowds. I've been talking to the individuals that make up the crowds that are coming to see me about responsibility, and that seems to be going extremely well. And this violence thing you've been talking about, like I would really, really caution everyone in a situation like this to do everything they can to turn the other cheek, because we're in a situation polarized situation is very dangerous because one person slaps the other and then this person punches this person and then this person hits this person with a stick and like it starts to it starts to escalate yeah and that escalation is really really dangerous and you want to do everything you can to forestall that because it can get out of hand it's a positive feedback loop and it can get out of hand very very rapidly yeah it is a positive feedback loop uh it Here's, here's my question. I, I, you know, I see a lot of people out there saying, oh, it's, we're polarized, as though, as though polarization in and of itself is immoral. It's not, if, if let's say people are polarized from the Nazis, to use a leftist example. I'm not saying anyone here is a Nazi, if, or if you find there's a giant chasm between you and communists. I don't think that being divided on, on an issue is inherently immoral, but the proactive polarization through lies and through calls to violence, so in other words, calling your opposition Nazis, trying to paint them as subhuman sort of caricatures, yeah. um, some people out there saying, oh, the left and the right are responsible. I, I, I know I don't consider you right or left. I consider you just a, a, a thinker and, and some more of a philosopher in a lot of ways. I know I'm more conservative. It's no secret with my audience. I contend that it's coming exclusively from the left on a large scale today. Yeah, yeah well, that, be that as it may, it's still going to be incumbent on everyone who wants to maintain peace to keep, to keep a level head, you know, and, and that, that's the crucial issue. I mean, um, because, well, what's the alternative? And I would also say we should look at some situational variables that are at play here, too. I've been thinking about this a lot, talking about it with Ruben and some of the other people in this so-called intellectual dark web. I mean, I think part of what's happening, Stephen, is that as the classic media dies, it gets more and more desperate to, to attract the remaining attention that it can attract. And right. so it's highlighting extreme opinions. And it's doing that in an attempt. They're really, it's really clickbait. And so that's driving this this apparent polarization far faster than I think it actually exists, because my sense is that the vast majority of people out there are pretty much the same as they were five years ago and are vastly reasonable. Mm. But there's an there's an exaggeration of the of the of the ideological idiocy. Now, I share your proclivity to think that a substantial amount of this is coming from the radical left. You know, and I think that's partly because that's been subsidized in the universities. Yeah, and that's a that, that's a huge source of it. But I think it's being exaggerated by the death throes of the of the classic media as these new technologies come up to supplant them. They're getting increasingly desperate and telling more and more desperate stories, hmm. and attempt to hold on to the fragments of their audience. And so, it might be a a, mir a mirage in some sense. This increased polarization might be a mirage that's a consequence of the death spiral of the classic media. Yeah, you know, I, I and I would hate I hate to disagree with with Dr. Jordan Peterson, but I, I would slightly because I know we and I, I agree with you yep. on the radical left. But here's something that I that I ask a lot of people, and I want you and I, I know you choose your words very carefully. So I want you yep. to think about it for a second. This is a genuine question. Yeah. 
Can you okay. name me anyone today in 2018, anyone on the national DNC platform bench who we wouldn't consider radical left? Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Elizabeth Graham, Maxine Waters, Eric uh, Schneiderman. Can you name any one of them who would be as reasonable well, as people like even a Rubio on the right? I can't yeah. find any. I don't think it's a radical left yeah. when it's the yeah, whole platform. Well, well, it, it's a good question, you know. I mean, I think that the, the question is to what degree the moderate left has been willing or able to separate themselves from the radical left. And this is a big problem. I mean, one of the things I've been trying to puzzle out intellectually is, and I, I've been challenging the people that I'm speaking with, and including the journalists, is like we know the left can go too far, right? That's a historical fact. Mm -hmm. No one disputes that if they have any sense. The question is, when exactly does the left go too far? What combination of policies do they put forth that produces the the, the proclivity towards tyranny and, and catastrophe that characterized the radical left movements in the 20th century? And the answer is, nobody's been able to specify it. Like, I think it's the triad in what we're seeing right now, the triad of diversity, inclusivity and equity is a deadly triad, especially equity, because that's yeah. a cover for equality of outcome. And I think equality of outcome doctrines are absolutely catastrophic. I think identity politics itself, the idea that we're fundamentally defined by our group identity, I think that's an absolutely abhorrent policy. Yeah. And, and I think that the left has an absolute moral obligation to sort that out. But I would also say that it's a technical problem for the rest of us, centrists and and conservatives, as well as left-wingers, is like, what exactly is it in the leftist policies that produce the catastrophic outcome? Because one thing you can say about the left, I, I think for, about the necessity for the existence of the left, is that hierarchies tend to dispossess people. Mm -hmm. And that's a standard postmodernist claim, but it's also true. And, you, and the dispossessed, the working class, let's say, need a voice. But the problem is, is that too much concern in that direction starts to tilt and produce very pathological outcomes. And we're certainly seeing that right now. Yeah. And we need to be able to sort it out intellectually. When do they go too far? What What do you, like the right goes too far when it makes claims of racial or ethnic superiority. That's, that's kind of the consensus, right? But it's not so easy to put your finger on exactly when the left makes its fatal error. Maybe it's a combination of, yeah. of policies, does it? I don't even know that I would consider that necessarily right wing because the last people to do it were just racist socialists. I mean, even if you look at the Tiki Torches guys today, if you look at their speeches, when they try to associate this with the right, I go, hold on, listen to their speeches. They're talking about an expanded government welfare state, if only if we got if we got rid of the yeah. blacks, browns, and Jews. It's very, very left. Exactly. And they have to yeah, be yeah, racist. <laughs> but let me, let me ask you this. I know. Well, I... Let me, yeah. let me posit this because you said, what is it, you know, as far as the left? And you talked about the hierarchy. And we talked about the mob mentality. Um, could the through line be weakness? Equality of outcomes, that's uh, a way for co compensating for weakness. The mob mentality, it's to compensate for fear of your own weakness. When you look at this demanded hierarchy, demanded power of the state, that's one thing that we've come in consistently, these people who make the threats, who call action uh, to vi call actions of violence, who paint their opposition as Nazis. It seems to be very weak-minded people. Well, it seems to me that it might be more associated with, with resentment. Mm. You know, because and it's resentment masquerading as compassion. But the problem is, it's still hard to delimit as a policy. Right. You know, now you said something that I thought was interesting about about the right and the left, the way that I've been conceptualizing the political landscape at the moment. You know, generally, we think of right and left and the, and the, and the distribution between them. 
But I think really the right way of thinking about what's happening right now is it's collectivist versus individualist. And then on the collectivist end, you have the, the left-wing collectivists and the right-wing collectivists. Right. And the left-wing collectivists are playing the victim narrative, and the right-wing collectivists are playing the ethnic identity card. And, the, the, and so the real dispute is between the collectivists and the individualists. And you know, in, in my writings and in my tours and lectures and so forth, I've been making a very strong individualist case because I think the idea that our societies, our functional societies, and let's say our functional Western societies, one of the ideas that we really got right was the sovereignty of the individual and the idea that when you look at the world, you should look at the world, you should look at a world of individuals, whether that's historical or present or future. That should be your conceptual framework, primarily focused on the individual yeah. and the collectivists. And I think the leftists have the loudest collectivist voice at the moment. The collectivists insist that, no, there isn't any individual. There's just a collective. And it, it's interesting, too, because of the left wing assaults on free speech. I've been thinking of them through. It isn't free speech that the left, the radical leftists are mounting an assault on. It's the idea that there is such a thing as free speech, because the radical leftist collectivist claim is that you can't speak as an individual because there is no individuals. You can only serve as a mouthpiece for the for the power claims of your group. Yeah. And that's an unbelievably pernicious ideology. So I think it's the it's the fundamental proclivity of the collectivists to view the world through a lens that 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 focuses everything on group identity. I think that's the real killer. Well, you're, and I, I you're, kind of you're a buzzkill today because you're not talking about policy. You're talking about deeply rooted, infectious ideology. And you're right. Damn it, Jordan, you're right. And so when I show up in Ranger panties and an Uncle Sam costume and get my head almost uh, knocked off, uh, I feel like I have to do this because they need to be afraid well, of somebody. Uh, well, I'm, I've got a question about that, too. Like, so you've been you've been confronting people who are making claims of violence. And so let, let me ask you this. Like, first of all, Plot, more things. actual what's plots. OK, yeah. so what's that been like for you? And do you feel that you're like, are you inflaming things? Are you satirizing them? Like what what role do you think you're playing yeah. in this? So a couple of things, I think. And that's a good question. You know, as we say in the video, sorry, every time I move, I'm trying not to move with this ruffling here. Um, we do change. We have hours and hours and many, many, many dozens of millions of plays on Change My Mind videos, right? Where we sit down and we say anyone can sit down and have a conversation, and it's unedited. So, With the loved yeah. ones, yes, this is what they say discussions, and this happened in Austin, where actually there were a few. So, you know, we, we've taped a, we've taped a handful of these, by the way. We just sit on the footage and let them lie about it and then release the video because it's more fun that way. So we uh -huh. sat down and we actually had a transgender city, uh, city council candidate sit down for 40 minutes, it was very civil. She came back uh, at another, another change my mind and said, hey, thank you so much for being so very, polite. Very nice. So we had these, con that's our goal. But when you post our location and you actively plot to harm me or my crew, that, that changes things. And the point here is no longer yeah. to convince these people who want acts of violence to stifle the conversation, but for people who may not be aware, we have to understand this. This is one thing that a lot of people understand. Probably about 85%, maybe 90% of Americans, even those who are registered Republican or Democrats, they don't necessarily know what we know. They don't live in this world. They, they don't live in the YouTube and the blogosphere world. They're not aware of how bad it is out there. And so this kind of content, I can tell you, you, you can read the comment section, thousands of people going, I was just vaccinated against ever becoming a Democrat, or I cannot believe it has gotten this bad. I really need to take an active role and join a local chapter. So you, you think these people only exist on, exist on Twitter? Yeah. You think they're just Twitter trolls? You don't think they have, oh, these are yeah. real life people. And, and the truth is we, we have we have eyes and ears everywhere and it, it, it's very deeply rooted. And um, I mean, you know, we, we've had some several people 
arrested, reported to police for other acts of violence, not including myself. So that's the purpose for it. Have a conversation when they try yeah. to stop it through violence, expose them to the rest of the world. Yeah, okay. And and do you think that's, that seems on the face of it very reasonable? Do you, do you think, what what's your sense? Do you think that the the fact that you're bringing this to light is doing more good than the fact that you're engaged in this is doing harm? I do. Yeah, I do. And again, the reason why is because so many people are not aware. And you get outside of you, myself, uh, you know, Ruben Shapiro, Rogans of the world, and a lot of people are not aware how bad the left has become. And when they see 20, 30 people, and none of them will say, hold on a second, posting an address and saying, blow up this guy's van with people in it, when no one will say that's bad, the millions of people watching yeah. go, oh, yeah. wow, yeah. oh, wow, this is something I need to be aware of. I need to be careful here and know what, know what the left is up to. So that's the... Pr- well, it does, seem, it does seem to fall under the auspices of self-defense at that, at, at that, in that situation. I mean, it's yeah. just, I'm just curious about it because, and, and it's not a criticism, it's, no. a genuine, it's genuine curiosity. You have a large platform and I'm trying to figure out ways that, that, that this can be discussed and, and brought to light, say, that don't simultaneously produce the probability that the violence is going to increase. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, and your point is, well, it, it makes more sense to show what's going on yeah. and, and that that's the better strategy. And I guess that's a free speech strategy in some sense. And it's, it's one well, of our, the... Our first one strategy the, is, is change my mind. Our first strategy is open discussion. And yeah. it's, it's like in combat sports. We match intensity. At a certain point, you've got to get your dukes up. And there are a lot of other people out there who've been sucker punched. A lot of other people who've had tires slashed or have been actively, uh, uh, I mean, they handed you a knife for the Ben Shapiro event. Yep, ice pick. At a certain point, uh, it doesn't. I don't believe it does anyone any, any favors to sweep it under the rug in the hopes that these people will be peaceful, especially when you have Maxine Waters out there encouraging it. They're getting more violent. Um, and, and, and it really worries me. And I, I do think sunlight for that is the best disinfectant provided you are yeah. also having discussions and rational debates, which we do. And number one, uh, of course, it's yeah, wildly okay. entertaining because this is a comedy. And what do, you, what do you think? What do you think the consequences of these change by mind events that you've been having? Yeah, those have been. I mean, we, we we've, I mean, how many millions of comments and people who've actively changed so their minds? Many. I mean, I can tell you six figures of people who've become pro-life from watching that. Okay. That okay. which for us. Okay, is so great. you you you. You think you have some credible evidence that those that the rational discussion end of it is actually producing some some real exchange of views and some transformation of, of outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be good. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good thing. I think the number one thing is, you know, the show has to be obviously entertaining. It's a late night show. But the, the point is, we, we have eyes and ears and, and, and our, our roots really deeply rooted in the leftist activism. I mean, the F. FBI has been calling our guys for information on Antifa since Utah uh, because of how how far we've gotten into their cryptic messaging. And uh, I can tell people this. It's gotten a lot worse. The rumblings are a lot worse, including for yourself. I've been fortunate. Well, none of my none of my shows have been protested except one in Portland. And there was about 50 people. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And there was about 50 people there. And there was a couple of Antifa types, and they were dressed in black with masks, you know, and that, that anonymization of protesters, that's a very dangerous thing. You know, when someone shows up and they're dressed in black and they have a mask and you can't tell who they are, yep. you know, absolutely, they're up to no good. It's like, it's like the and real so, life but, YouTube comment section where people live anonymously, so they say whatever they want. It's the same, the same thing, yeah. put it in real life where they just... Yeah. And, and, now, take yeah, that, that anonymity, I would say anonymity in those situations is the hallmark of a dangerous coward. Mm. 
And so for yeah. those of you who are out there hiding behind anonymity, you know, that's 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 how you're manifesting yourself in reality. Yeah. Dangerous coward. And that's a big part of this too is unmasking the anonymity. If only for if only for the most violent and the most egregious offenders. Uh, all right, the book of course is 12 Rules for Life. Highly recommended if you want to be productive. Also if you want to learn about lobsters. Always love that tidbit when I read this book. Uh, at Jordan B. Peterson. And hey, where's the best place for people to, to follow your tour if they're, if they're not aware yet that you might be in their city? Oh, they can go to Jordan, go to my website, jordanbpeterson.com and look up events. Yep, and I, I think that discount voucher I made for your people for self-authoring is still available too, so. Okay, for self-authoring.com, I think it's Crowder, right? Yep, yep that's right, that's, that's right. right. And I highly recommend it, uh, selfauthoring.com, 12 Rules for Life. Get the book. Dr. Peterson, thank you so much. We have Nick DiPaolo coming up. Please stay safe and enjoy your shows. Yep. Just a reminder, join at lotterwithcredit.com slash mugclub. You get a seven-day free trial right now to get the daily show. Otherwise, everything gets shut down. But you do you. And now for a message from Paco, the friendly homopo. That's me. Yes, I'm, I'm here on uh, the ground with Latino American Paco Jimenez. See, si. yeah. And, and, and he does have an opinion on, on the current uh, border situation with President Trump. Paco? Si, gracias. I, uh, I do believe that President Donald Trump is going to deport the illegal. I'm I'm illegal. I'm not illegal, but he's going to deport the illegal and build the wall. And Barack Obama did not build the wall or deport, but not because he's a Democrat, not because he is a black guy, but because he is not straight. the second native dance of Honduras. Really? It's unlicensed. Tommy gun. It's the unlicensed official dance of Honduras. Mm. You know, I realize I don't, I don't know anything weapons. about Honduras outside of obviously the, the, the soaring murder That's rate. all you need to know because after that, the travel guide is useless. Coffee and tobacco. Oh. Is there anything else? No, but you can import those. Yeah. Don't go there for them. They have, Do not go they there. They have pension plans yeah. for kidnapping sure. in, uh, in Honduras. Our next guest, a huge fan. Uh, I've, I've talked about this before, and I've said there are two people who I believe are the funniest uh, comedians ever. Mm -hmm. Norm MacDonald, who has not been on the show, and our, the next man who's been on the show. Uh, these two have always been my, been my top favorite for the last few years. One of the funniest men on the face of the earth, Nick DiPaolo. You can follow him at Nick DiPaolo. How are you, sir? Even... Uh Thank you so much. It's quite a compliment. Norm's my favorite. So, uh, really, I appreciate it. Why, why do you uh, why do you dress like a broken condom? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> to appropriate is to appreciate culture. Um, I don't know what kind of condoms you've been wearing, but you, you might need to call a doctor. Well, I get, no, I get black ones to fool people. You look like a d*** that busted through a condom. Yeah. Maybe you're bleeding on the tip, which I've had happen. Yeah. Okay. That no, that sounds that's, yeah, that's, that sounds uh, like a wonderful leader. You know, I hadn't really looked until I saw myself on the monitor. That's you're not. Well, you 
considered a bikini in Honduras. Yes, yes, that's considered a bikini. Actually, this is more so what they swim with in Saudi Arabia. Have you ever seen the aerial shots of Saudi Arabia? The women, just thousands of women drowning in their full-on burqas in the uh, in the water? I don't need an aerial shot. I have a summer home over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Nick, uh, you have uh, your. By the way, where's the best place for people to go to download your show now online, the podcast? The the the, the new podcast is going to be debuting. We're shooting for July 9th. Okay. And where they'd want to go is patreon.com forward slash the Nick DiPaolo show. Uh, if they go there tonight, that page should be up. Okay. So eventually, Joe will sit on my home site, nickdip.com. Right. But uh, if, this, if they want to subscribe and get in on it early, they go there tonight. Patreon.com forward slash The Nick DiPaolo Show. And you, should give them in, you can give incentives at Patreon, too. You know, like if they give $50, they get a private conversation. 100 they get a yes. broken black condom. That's exactly right. Free, <laughs> we have a three-tier system. And this is true. This is what I made it. Fredo is the cheapest one. Sunny is the $30 pack. How much do I have to pay to get you to strangle the woman who punched you in Birkenstocks with a piano wire? Sorry, can I not say that? I'm going to hire somebody. Uh, yeah. I'm not right. going to mess Here's the well, here's the lead in. People Anthony Cumia had talked about this last week and I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I didn't I wasn't up up to date on this. A, a, a lady punched you in the face. Explain for people who don't know the story yet uh, because I know it I know it's it's bad. It is kind of funny though, so explain it. Yes. <laughs> Very. Um, now that the swelling has gone down, I have my sight back. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it, it happened. I was at a comedy club, Levity Live, which is uh, it's on the Jersey side of the Tappan Zee Bridge. It's still New York State. It's it, Palisades. It's a beautiful club, Levity Live. Yeah. I love it. It's one of the nicest clubs in the country. And it was uh, Father's Day night. After the show, I come out, and and people are filing out an exit door to the left of the stage instead of out the back. So I start shaking hands and taking pictures. This guy approaches me and says, uh, can I get a picture with you? I said, sure. He stands to my right, shaking my hand. And he says, boy, I like the show a lot, but my daughter wanted to punch you in the face. He didn't even finish the word face. And I got sucker punched from my left. I didn't know she was standing there. And I mean, cracked. Yeah. And uh, like I was, in, you know, I was stunned or in shock. But even while I was in shock and stunned, my first instinct was to look at the father and say, "Did you just set me up, dude?" Yeah. I mean, it was so. It was almost like on cue. I mean, at the end of her, it was like a sitcom. That's my act- question. What did the dad do there? I mean, did he did he spank her? He didn't. That, that, and his reaction again. This is speculation on my part, sure. but I really, I really believe. You know, at the level these people operate at. Yes. Uh, so uh, it, I really think it was a setup. First of all, they had. You don't just wander into a Nick DiPaolo show. At least. You usually know what's coming. So You should, uh, yes, yes, particularly, which is why people should go to nickdip.com and check out the rest of your tour dates because our fans love it. No punches, just yeah. laughs. Yeah. So he, he um, yeah, I, I mean, I look right at him, and, and uh, I, he, I don't remember him restraining her or going, what are you doing? Yeah. So his reaction was kind of weird, too. But then, but then you know, then the whole thing moved out to the lobby and, and he said, well, you know, my daughter has emotional problems and I shouldn't have brought... Brought her brother, no. Another reason you weaponize your daughter, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exercising that female privilege where she can punch a man consequence free. Could you imagine the headlines if Amy Schumer got slugged outside of an event, outside of a gig? I said that because every time I do an interview, a lot of people, well, both sides are getting pretty. I said, don't equivocate. No. Show 
fun example of a straight white male comedy club audience member going after a, a black comic, a gay comic, a female comic because of their act. Yeah. I actually looked at her right after she hit me. And I said, why'd you do that? She says, you're mean. <laughs> and then she started bawling. Okay, she had that right. I mean, even the broken clock is right once again. Right. But, but she, but, you know, up in the lobby, the, you know, when the, the father tried to talk to me, I said, no, dude, get away. You want to talk? Then she starts bawling. And, <laughs> she uh, starts bawling. Thank God she didn't think yeah. you were evil. Yeah, thank God. She thank God she didn't, she, she didn't call you a Nazi <laughs> like they did with me, you know? They would have lined you up, put it up for the firing squad. I really do believe, Nick, because I was just talking with Dr. Peterson about this, and I respectfully disagreed where you were saying, you know, the radical left, the radical right. And, well, hold on a second. and I asked him a question. I don't think we really got an answer on it, uh, and I understand because he, he wanted to speak kind of in the more general sense of where we are as a country. That's a conversation, too, but I said, hold on, we talk about the radical left. Is there anyone on the national DNC platform who isn't radical? Hillary Clinton, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Maxine Waters, all of them Pelosi. are this. Pelosi are this bad, and if if they're not flirting with these kinds of people— uh, they're outright demanding this kind of action. We see it all the time. It's not both sides. And I, I'm really sorry you had to deal with that. That's horrible. Well, yeah. And, and, and I don't even throw her in the far left category. She's a 20-year-old college student. So this is about power for the cause for the, for the, for the left right now. Yeah, she's not fringe. She's not fringe. No. no. She's, she should be volunte <laughs> volunteering summers at the registrar's office. Yeah. No, exactly. So, so you know, and she, you know, I don't want to hear about all oh, mental illness or whatever. Uh, she 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 can take care of herself at college, so she can't be that you know. Uh, so yeah, my eye was it was growing. <laughs> I was like, what the f is that? I could feel it growing, and I now know what a boxer goes through. I could hardly see after like a after like a minute. Yeah. And um and then her then they tried to you know I I told the staff hold them and get the cops. I had to tell people what to do, and yeah. then, so the cops showed up after uh, about five. She, she thought you said, get the cocks. That's why she got... Yeah, then, then you were part of the hashtag me too. No, that, she would have ran out of there if I said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on a second. She was crying after she punched you? Well, after I told her father, yeah, you better get a lawyer, dude. You're in deep <laughs> He went over and told her that. I, I'm not a litigious guy. The only I know. I hate, the only thing I hate more than lawyers are feminist so. <laughs> it reminds me of the scene in life aquatic where jeff goldblum walks over and disciplines the other guy's dog with a rolled up paper uh, i mean you know i will and this is i i really do hope that this gets resolved and, and justice is served but i will say this i remember having this conversation with with joe and with yourself i remember at one point you saying like ah i don't think this is ever going to come to the clubs because you and i both agreed like ah, we won't do colleges anymore i said i think you'll be surprised i think that business owners have to be careful if only for situations like now what you've just described. Well, he, here it is. Now they've come for the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, security w wasn't around because I wasn't planning on shaking hands. You know how clubs have now? They, they actually have a backdrop you stand in front of, and that's up in the lobby. Right. I just happened to come out of the green room. I went in after the show ended. I went in the green room for a few minutes, came back out, and they just happened to be filing out yeah. where I was. So I started shaking hands sort of an impromptu uh, greet, meet and greet. And, uh, oh, and that Jared has a question, I think. Uh, I, I just, it's, it's a thought that nowhere else but the internet in 2018 does this really happen because people are formulating these negative thoughts about comedians in the comedy clubs. It used to be a day where you had to go and see them in the comedy club and to then witness their act. For a bit. Yeah, and then if, and if you didn't like them there, then you're the, you're the butthole. Yes. But now you can go home, watch the clips on Twitter, and formulate opinions that you're not. It usually takes people a long weekend to realize they don't like Nick. Yeah. Exactly.
<laughs> Sorry. My wife is, we're on 24 years. She's still not sure. But, <laughs> it's a long labor no, day. I, I, I said, and I, I, I think I was the first comic to start saying this. I started saying this five years ago. Now I see everybody saying this. But when, when, when people walk out of my show, I, maybe even more than five years ago, I will yell to them, did you do your research before you came to the club? Right. Did you see who the headliner was? You know? You well, don't go walk to a fucking music venue expecting to see Zeppelin and, you know, be surprised with it's men without hats. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> you go to see Alice Cooper, and I thought this was, he was going to be playing piano at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, they think they think comedy is a homogenous thing. We all have the same sense of humor. And that's why I think, and not, I'm not super famous. So, yeah, there are people who wander into my show who might not know me, but not too many anymore. I've been doing this a long time. Right. The way this went down, putting two and two together, I don't doubt that they they sat at their house and said, I hate this guy. He's a racist. Let's, let's go to a show. And, and again, speculation. I can't even get a call, I, I can't get a call back from the assistant district attorney. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, well, what if I hit her, Steve? I'd, I'd be in jail for 11 days now. Well, don't do not do it um, as much as I'd like to. And if you do, televise it. Uh, and, you know, we'll be sure to get, get exclusive rights here on the channel. Here's what I will say. Oh, we do have to get going. I, uh, when we get off air here in a little bit, uh, let, me, let me talk with you. We have someone who might be able to help out the beast and see what's going on if we can get some info on this person because we've been doing this segment here, Crowder Confronts, recently, where we can find almost – we can send a missile – up your uh, uh, up your your, your posterior uh, from anywhere in the country right now. Know where you are, who you're with at any given moment, and I bet you we could probably find out who this person is and what the plans were. I'd, I'd like to help you if we can. Uh, it I is. Know, I know the. You mean who the? No, no, no. I but know. we'll talk more about it off air. Off air. I, yeah, I would no, like to I, help you with I, this. And I know uh, who the persons are. I'm not. You know, I would never mention because I got you know. I'm look. You can't. We. We can't hit back. We got if true gender equality. I could have popped her in the face, and everybody would have said she had that coming, and we went on our merry way. Well, that's, not, that's not seriously. That's I don't think that's what they would have said. That is true gender equality. Yes, and, and, and so I didn't do that. So I'm 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 going to take it to the courts. I don't give it. I'm, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to make an example of uh, of this person. No, I I, I agree, and, and we've worked a lot with. Uh, we were just talking with Jordan Peterson about this with the police, with you know Antifa in Utah, and, and some information. Some and, and sometimes these people actually reveal a little more information than you you might even know. So I'd like to be able to help you with that. But uh, yeah, uh, what you need to do is get in a DeLorean, just go through some HRT, go back to her wrestling meet and win it, win the state title, because that's okay now. So it's nickdip.com. You can follow him at Nick DiPaolo, P-A-O-L-O. And uh, the Patreon is what, Nick, for people to support the show? Patreon.com forward slash the Nick DiPaolo show. That'll be up tonight. That, that's where people can go to subscribe once this podcast kicks off. And okay. it's going to be great. I'll be streaming live audio and video all over the place. And we're doing it right. I built, I'm, in the, I'm in the sound booths. Call screen is booked right now. Oh, but it, it sounds like you're in a men's truck stop in Schenectady. We gotta go, Nick. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. These days on the right, things can seem pretty rough if you just watch mainstream news. College campuses are full of Bernie bros. No love for us on YouTube. But there's one thing you gotta understand. Left has no long-term plan. So we keep winning so much these days. We drove Maxine.
Make it out okay? You made it. I, I made it, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Sounds like being waterboarded. There's one Appreciate person here who's been waterboarded. Ah, uh, whatever. Sorry. And it's the boss. Very little. Uh, thanks so much to Dr. Jordan Peterson, Nick DiPaolo. Uh, next week, we don't have any shows, next, but we do have a giant what? 4th of July themed Change My Mind on uh, on uh, Monday. Monday. Nice. Huge. Is that July 3rd, Monday? July yeah. 2nd. July America is superior to July all other countries. Change my mind. Can't and uh, that's it. Gerald, because you had a point. I, I did have a point. I, I asked you a question earlier. Why is it that you know there's nothing that would seem to change their mind on, on Donald Trump? Why is that always the case with power? Anytime somebody comes along and actually does something good and it threatens your power base, you just completely ignore all the good. Yeah. And just go after protecting your power. That's exactly what the Democrats are doing right now. He could come along and cure cancer, and we've said this before, literally, and they would find a problem with it. <laughs> they would say that it's bad for the medical field. There's Let me something. Ask you this. What's good about Bernie Sanders? There's nothing good about Bernie Sanders. Yeah, you're doing the exact thing. No, I'm not doing the exact same thing. If Bernie Sanders could bring something good to the table, like if he had an economic plan that was good, then I would say that's good. <laughs> he doesn't. He has socialism. You got nothing. You, you got know? nothing at all. You know Jesus raised the guy no from the dead. They tried no to kill him for it. It's the same thing. Nothing. Trump's not God. Don't get me wrong. No, I, I, think, uh, I think you're right. And that's why I said I. I mean, we've had you. You've admitted that you were wrong on a lot I of was. it, and I was definitely wrong on a lot of it. And I think yeah. some. Uh, I really, you know, the arrogance of some of the pseudo intellectual uh, conservative right sometimes. When I was yeah. like, listen, you've also got to be. There are things that he does that I disagree with, of but course. you've also got to acknowledge some of the things that he does uh, that have been good. And yeah. I, I'm surprised. It would lend it more credit, them more credibility for yeah. us to listen 
if they would just acknowledge a few good things. Like, like you, they can't. Same thing happened with Obama. Like, I'm like, okay, actually, this is this is a good thing. Yeah. And you, then you have it's much easier yeah. to conversate. Well, to con- conversate, as Dennis Rodman would say. <laughs> conversate. I'm, I'm just never so seen, happy. I've never seen you and Rodman in the same room. That's all no, I'm saying there, Joe. No. <clears throat> no. Um, so last week, some people were a little upset. A that I dr- did the drowning dance as Moses. Mm-hmm. Didn't take advantage. <laughs> and B, some people didn't think it was. You know, the, this this last segment is usually somewhat inspirational. So let me let me shorten this for you real, really quickly. You want some self-help tips? Here's the stuff Bring that it. gurus aren't telling you. Uh, a lot of people say, well, hold on. Sometimes your advice contradicts your previous advice. Like you talk about working hard, but then you talk about being disciplined with rest. Not all life tips, okay? And we get, our, we get, our, we get a lot of these requests coming in by email. A lot of people, you know, a person who sent his, his Navy Cross, people who've, who, who have unbelievably touching, moving stories. Yeah. These are the people I try to respond to, not people who are just looking for get-rich-quick schemes, which, by the way, we're, we're not rich. We have a semi-successful online show, late-night show, okay? No one here is, is has their own Learjet. Not like the Rielian cult. The guy who led that. That's what you do. You start a cult. So not all life tips, and this is one thing because everyone wants to say, they're not for all people at all times. So if you're on a bike, Gerald knows this, you're about to climb a mountain, it's going to be very different advice from if you're speeding downhill. Absolutely. Right? Fantastic. It's an entirely different tact. Can't believe you just used a cycling term. But is that not true? It's absolutely true. So, for, so first one is simple, right? For most people, you've got to start pedaling. You're just sitting, most people are just sitting on a bike. That's yeah. it. First tip for life, move. move. That's it. Just start pedaling. That's, that's going to be one of the harder parts is move. If things aren't improving, just start moving. There you go. I'll give you a little bit of an Al Sharpton there. I didn't even intend to. <laughs> you don't need to worry about wasted motion yet you don't, or wasted energy because you're, you're just a lethargic blob, okay? You're not using any energy, so don't worry about conserving it. The first step is move. Getting a bike started is a lot harder than keeping it in motion. Most people never create a goal and chart a path. This one's because there's a little bit of an email that kind of ticked me off. This is someone who thought they had it figured out, but like, I just need this little, no, no, let me tell you, you don't have any of it figured out, okay? Some people don't, I didn't at one point, but this is a little bit of tough love. This tin can might hit you in the teeth. Then, then a lot of people never actually start down the path if they do chart a path. So do something, that's the first step. Now, once you're moving, once you've actually been putting in the reps, you need to challenge yourself. Every now and then you need to do something as hard as you possibly can. So you start moving, here's tip two, as hard as you can, find your breaking point. Sprint up that hill yeah. as fast, as hard as you can. Feel your legs burn, feel yourself burn, feel yourself really close as though you're just about to die only to see that crest. If you never redline the engine, if you never push yourself as hard as you can, it doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's in, in business, whether it's in sports, whether it's in actual cycling, whether it's in being the best husband you can be, whether it's being the best boss you can be, whether it's using your influence as best you you never get to see that sunset over the hill. So every now and then, sprint as hard as you can. Start by moving if you're doing nothing, that's the bulk of you, and push yourself, challenge yourself, find out your limits. Then, between all that, is uh, the most important. We've talked about this with Brian Shaw. We have top athletes on the show. The in-betweens. You hear me talk about this? The in-between the hills, right? Yeah. In-between the beautiful scenic views, you just got you got to keep moving. You got to yeah. keep pedaling. A lot of times people think it's the sprints, and some people are better at downhill, and it's the people who are consistent. At the, at the end of this finish line, consistency is key. Be, and be deliberate about resting, okay, at this point, because you've already started moving. Now, I have people are like, oh, Stephen said be deliberate about rest. You haven't even pedaled, son. <laughs> 
Be disciplined about resting. Be disciplined about pedal. Be disciplined about working. When no one's watching, when it's not sexy, that's the bulk of everything in life. The unsexy in-betweens make up, I'd say, 80% of life success, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your business, whether it's your job, whether it's 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 your athletic, and your, your body, your health, and no one wants to hear it. 80% of success comes from unsexy in-betweens when no one is, it's not some inspiring journey with a beautiful Monet backdrop. So you need to learn to love, or at the very least, Love why you're doing the in-betweens. And if you do all this, this is one thing too, and we had kind of had a, when we did the SMU show, it was so big, and uh, I spoke with Nakia, I was like, I'm not really, success, I'm not really uh, uh, comfortable with a certain level of success. Why? Because no one prepares you for it. So if you're lucky enough, and there's something no one prepares you for, success. You know why? Because people who are successful don't make up the market share of BS self-help books. There's not a huge, that, that, that's not, there's not a huge selling off. That's why I had to stop going to a church that yeah. one time we attended. Because every single time the pastor spoke, it was talking about the broken, the damage, and how the Lord will heal you. And the Lord will heal you, okay? He absolutely will. I believe this as a Christian. But I'd never heard a message about people who'd had their crap together and how they could help heal others. So most people want to feel sorry for themselves. It's safe. Most people like the crutch of, oh, well, someday I'll get there. Here's a secret. Most people don't want to get there. They think they do, but they don't. They fear true success. They're repelled by it. I've seen it time and time again. So this is the part that no one prepares you for. Step one, move. All right, step two, redline it every now and then to know how far you can take yourself. Step three, the in-betweens. Then success. Let's say you've crested, you've seen that sunset. You're going downhill, you've got a tailwind. You don't have to pedal as hard. You know this, you're moving a lot faster. Oh yeah. That's where a lot of the crashes happen. Almost all of the crashes. It's because it's one of the most straining parts of life, of the journey to use a term, but it's in a way that's the opposite of that. It's, it's the least physically straining and it's one of the most mentally taxing. Now, it requires something that a lot of people haven't learned because you can't learn this until you get there. What's most important once you're successful, once you've gotten moving? Think about anything you've accomplished, right? Whether you're good in hockey, whether you're a, a star student, athlete, whether you're a leader at your church. Control, you reach that point where, okay, I've learned how to play guitar. Okay, I've learned how to skate. Okay, I've learned how to be. What it, now what comes into to, to play more is control. Control of your bike, control of yourself. Everything's speeding by. This is why you feel unstoppable once you get success. Everyone wants to be your friend, right? Money, women, or men, whatever you want. It could be success in your marriage, could be success at school, anything. It could be success, take your pick. But the second you hit that stride is when temptation comes. Not only from external sources, but internally. You forget to control the bike and you crash. How many cautionary tales have we seen? Just, just in our experience since having done this show. Since the show started. People yeah. who just faded away or burned out. Even in this exact movement, I'm sure you can think of a few. It's why after SMU and this, this kind of crazy ascent to what moderate level of success we've had, at a very visceral, a borderline crisis, because I, I, I didn't... I, I didn't know, I didn't want to be yeah. like that. I'm going, I've seen so many people who've hit this level of success and then it just goes away. I didn't want to squander our influence or our responsibility. So here, you want to be successful, it's simple. Move, do something, anything, start moving, then push your limits, okay? The bulk of it is the in-betweens. When no one's looking, how are you acting? How are you behaving when no one is watching? And then finally, if you're lucky enough to have charted a path and reached success, not many do, even fewer hold on to it. Control, be in control of your, be master of your own domain. And guess what? You can't if you didn't follow steps one through three. That's why people who win the lottery kill themselves in record numbers or transgenders. But right now we're using a different analogy. People who become overnight sensations, they never hold on to success. Follow those rules and it's a way of life. Map out a plan, follow the rules. I guarantee you, you may not be a, you may not be a world beater, 
but you'll be more satisfied with your life than you are now. And I think you know who I'm talking to. Thank you for sending the email. I hope that helps. It may not be what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. It only takes-